Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. And I got Grifka on the other end of the line. Grifka, you're on Twitter. You're back in the house. What is going on, buddy? Oh, man, I'm so glad spring's finally here, man. It can actually go outside instead of just being held up in the house. Man, it is crazy to have this snow going away. I'm seeing 50s on my uh, weather forecast. But as we always say, Grifka on the Detroit Cooley cast, nobody's here to hear about the weather, how your driving to work was, or what's going on with your wife and kids. We're here to talk football, bro. So we got tons to talk about today. We've got uh, some great discussion questions. And we're going to dive into some um, some questions that we got from uh, one of our uh, listeners today. Because the NFL is making crazy rule changes, Grifka, and we had some rule changes submissions from uh, one of our listeners. We're going to kind of break all that down and have a bunch of fun today. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get this done. Absolutely, man. So right off the top, news and notes, man. uh, We got Malcolm Brown contract matched by the Los Angeles Rams, man. Man, this is a big loss. I'm really bummed because I thought everything. We were going to get to keep this guy. He was young. It was a good contract. I thought he was going to be a nice compliment. Grifka, what would you think when you heard this, man? Yeah, I was uh, disappointed that uh, we weren't able to keep him. But uh, I guess that's one of the chances you take when you try to sign somebody you know that is restricted. Um, I think it just pretty much speaks to what the Rams really kind of think about Todd Gurley and in his, in his injury that he had last year, that uh, Malcolm Brown will be there for him. So I think – when they signed him, I was like, oh, this, this could be great. You know, like you said, nice compliment to carry on. But obviously the Rams put a lot of stock into him as well. 
Yeah, I I just want to speak one second on that Todd Gurley. Everyone is so scared that Todd Gurley has this knee tendonitis and they act like he's the the eighth best running back in football now, man. I think this guy's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a beast, but I understand Keith Malcolm, uh, his age, some of his size and upside. I mean, this is a big dude, like 225 pounds, over six feet. I mean, would have been nice to have, but uh, hopefully they'll still find a good option at the running back. Uh, next thing I had here, Grifka, Rashad Melvin getting signed by the Lions, uh, brought in kind of a, a veteran corner. This guy was out in Oakland. He made probably around six and a half, seven million last year. The Lions were able to get him for one year, 3.5. Uh, what do you think about, about Melvin coming in here? Can he help us? And, uh, tell me why I shouldn't think of DJ Hayden. <laughs> DJ Hayden. That's, I thought DJ Hayden was a good signing when they did that, but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of. I was kind of getting the same vibe. Uh, once again, you know, it's another one of the former uh, Patriots that uh, played under Matt Pat, so he kind of knows him. Uh, you know, just read a couple different things about him that uh, what people were saying that he really didn't fit Oakland's scheme, and that uh, I guess was it the Lions tried to get him last year as well, and uh, they didn't get him. So uh, I don't. I don't know. I sure hope he's not DJ Hayden or like turns into another DJ Hayden, like you said. I mean, I think he's got to be better than Nevin Lawson, even though Oakland went and signed Nevin Lawson. So I guess it's kind of an even swap right there. So I'm hedging my bet that he's uh, better than uh, Nevin Lawson. But if they take somebody in the draft, I would I would be happy with that as well. It's not an even swap, Grifka. And the reason I thought of DJ Hayden was he came from Oakland. We paid DJ Hayden one year's $5 million. He came in here, wasn't very good left the next year I'm really thinking you know from what I've heard and hoping that Rashad Melvin is better he's cheaper um we need another outside guy so I mean if he could be the answer at 3.5 million that'd be tremendous but like you say he's a he's a bit older and he's been okay in the league but not great so um you know I I don't mind him so I think I said he wasn't that uh what's that word Grifka he wasn't that great um, but I think it's still a good signing by the team. So, uh, you know, I thought they need to get an outside corner and they did that. So at a cheap price, so can't, can't hate it. Now, Grifka, one of my favorite topics, Bobby Quinn and Matt Pat step into a podium. I mean, at the, uh, um, at the owners meetings out there, I mean, we have Bobby Quinn at a podium talking about free agents. He's talking about general draft plans, how the he's constructing the team, all these different nuances. And then you get, Matt Pat at the breakfast table, just holding court, as I said on Twitter, for an over an hour with the media. Just personable, fun, insightful, intelligent. Man, I thought this was tremendous. Did you see this? Did you, you got any general thoughts about not only what they had to say, but just the overall vibe of the team? I mean, I thought it was very positive, and I like how Matt Pat opens up in the off season where in the in season he can be a red ass and he can be real tight with info. But here he was the man. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, I saw the Bobby Quinn one. I didn't see the Matt Pat one, you know, sorry about that. Oh, gotta but, watch it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Bobby, Quinn, the Bobby Quinn one, um, just, you know, I like how he just kind of opened up about, you know, how he was, uh, you know, spending money on the team, how they're planning on building the team is the big thing. And, uh, like you said, for another guy who doesn't give a whole lot of information during the year, it was just, once again, kind of nice to like kind of see behind the curtain, see what his, what his thoughts were. I guess that was the biggest thing. Yeah, I man, I just liked, you know, 
I liked his style. He always – the one thing I always worry about Bobby Quinn is there's some GMs in the league that are, like, have this swag and this, like, they used to play or they have this uh, aura about them. And Bob Quinn seems like a guy that – and a former scout, just kind of guy that's up there, knows his football. Like, I always wonder how he recruits people and whatnot. And I think he was just, you know, hey, they want to come to Detroit. They paid him accordingly, um, and and they came here. I mean, I thought that was was great to hear. He had a lot of other, you know, insightful things about kind of like you said, building the team, maybe what they're looking for in the draft, what happened in the past in regards to the tight ends and different positions. So, uh, I just thought he was calm, cool at the at the microphone, which was great. Gotta pull up the the Matt Pat. I mean, Grifka is so funny. He's got the trimmed beard, the short hairdo, uh, and he's just in the suit. And uh, man, I I don't know. There's just something about him where, like I said, in season he can be tough on the players. He cannot give out any information, all that type of stuff. But when it's this time of year, I mean, he was he was interested in every question. The funniest part when you watch it, like every other question, he goes. Yeah, it's a good question. And then he answers it like, you know, I hope when Dave Burkett asks questions, he doesn't go, that's a good question. I wish you'd just stonewall him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> other than that, he's like really interested in what all the reporters have to say. He gives like these awesome answers. And like, I get such a confident vibe that our coach, like visually when he wants to, when he wants to put on the poncho and the hat and the crazy beard looks like that old football coach from high school that you love. That's just a wants to talk ball and wants to be cool with you and wants to push you to be your best. And the off season, he like trims it up and looks like an executive sort of, and, and talks like a, a rocket scientist. I mean, it, it's incredible. This Clark Kent thing he's got going, but uh, overall, I just thought again, he put, he reminded me he's super smart. He's got a plan for this team. He wants guys that have are bought in or that are willing to buy in. Um, they're willing to bring in players that they feel are hard workers, are smart guys, are versatile guys, guys, and guys that can help this team win and win at a high level. So, I mean, try to watch it and not get fired up because you can tell I'm I'm fired up by what I saw, what I heard. And uh, I know it's that time of year, but, man, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll find it. <laughs> I'll probably have to send it to you, Griff, because make it easy on you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know your tech skills no, aren't always up to snuff. A couple times on, on on my favorite website, the one where I get all my little hits that you uh, uh that that you tease me about. So uh, I know it's on there. I can go find it there. <laughs> Lions twenty four seven Griffka's go to, and I gotta call you out, Griff. I know I gotta keep this show moving, but. I'm on to you, man. I know that your your boy, your inside source, is a certain guy on ESPN. He's got a he's got black slick back hair. He's been doing the draft since I don't know, like the '60s. Uh, everything I heard from you the last few weeks is exactly what Mel Kuyper is saying. So I, I think you need to maybe re find a new source, buddy. Did I did I find your secret uh, secret guy that calls you with all these tips or what? Oh no, it's uh it's actually. It's it's uh, Mel Kuyper's friend, and Mel Kuyper talks to this guy, and then this guy calls me, but I'm not allowed to give this guy's name. So, <laughs> Okay, well, I, I he literally was saying similar things to you, and then I had to shout out the big Hughes and say, oh, my gosh, Mel Kuyper just took Rocky Sin at number 27 in his mock draft. <laughs> if that happens, I'll never hear the end of it from Grifka. Yeah. So, He's uh, not the only one that's got Rocky Sin in the first round, okay? I just want to <laughs> let you know that. I know. There's, like, multiple. I'm like, I just don't see it, but you may end up being right. But uh, like I say, I like the player, but not in the first round. So anyway, uh, pop on it. Okay. What's that? We'll better pop on it. (laughs) 
All right. And uh, once you can't find that link, I'll send it to your new Twitter, which is at Grifka DKC. If anybody wants to hit up Grifka and, and see what he's saying, he's trying to get in the Twitter game. He doesn't really know what it is, but he's checking it out. So that should be fun. So Grifka, that's our news and notes, man. You got anything else? You want to keep this uh, thing moving? No, let's keep this moving because I'm interested in all these uh, rule changes that, uh, <laughs> that that got sent in. Yeah, man, it should be good. So um, I had a couple questions for you off the top, just kind of a couple of discussion items before we get to those uh, um, rule changes discussion that we'll have. Grifka, do you feel like Trey Flowers signing isn't getting enough love from the national and local media? I mean, I feel like we went out and we signed the top defensive player at a position of need, a guy that's young, he's a beast physically, he's smart, he's humble, he fits the scheme perfectly, you can move him all around our defense, Uh, and yeah, we paid him a bunch of money, but like... It's just being swept under the rug. Oh, yeah, by the way, they got Trey Flowers. Like, any other year when you go out and get the the youngest defensive player on a team that needs this guy, it'd be talked about. Like, it's frustrating me. And you're usually you're the guy that gets frustrated by this kind of garbage. But I think this is a huge signing. Every day that I see it talked about, I saw Trey Flowers at the podium. Like, I think it's going to be absolutely tremendous for this franchise for years and years to come. Yeah, I wouldn't say the local media as much as the national media, but I, I definitely, I definitely, you know, feel your vibe on that. It seems like NFL Network, ESPN. I mean, yeah, they mentioned it, but it was after like like all these other signings. Like both those stations are just like talking about Nick Foles, like he's the second coming, and talking about that. Oh, Jacksonville guy was just like, yeah, okay, it's Nick Foles. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl. Okay, I got it, but I still don't. Th- he's not that great, but. Uh, I, Thank you. I understand what you're, what you're saying. It's just like, you know, this guy was like supposed to be a number one. It, it seems like if Oakland would have signed him along with Trent Brown, it would have been like, you know, they would have been out, you know, four people would have been out in Oakland talking to John Gruden, you know, or if like, <laughs> or if like Dallas would have got him or something, Oh, they matched him up with Lawrence. So it's like, and it's something like that. Like it would have went crazy, but it's Detroit. Well, it's Detroit. You know, okay. Nice job, Detroit. Way to sign him. Oh, you guys may have overpaid. But uh, if, if some if some other team, Green Bay, would have thrown that type of money, oh, it was that's market value for them. Oh, it's only going to help them. That's just that's just kind of the way I feel about it. But yeah, I'm definitely yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely getting that vibe as well. That's just kind of like it's whole hum by everybody else. You know, like we signed you know some some schlep. So so Grifka, overall, you don't disagree with me. You, I I, I feel you. You. <laughs> I agree with you, okay? <laughs> Thank you. We got to get the bell in there, the Grifka bell, another classic that the people love every week. So, um, yeah, man, I I don't know. I just think this guy's a, a monster, and I'm just so excited to see him in this defense. Um, next thing I had for you, Grifka, Rob Gronkowski, one of your favorites, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> a guy that I touted. I remember having a podcast with the Big Hughes when we started this show one of our first shows we had to sort of the rumors were swirling about with the lions go after Gronk and, and, you know, we talked it all over and I want to say Hughes was not so keen. And I was like, you know, man, from a football perspective, he's exactly what we need. A tough guy, a guy that could put the ball in the paint, score touchdowns and, and he needed a tight end. And he was only making like 10 million. And we just got rid of Ebron for what, eight, 9 million. I thought it made a lot of sense you know, that trade falls through. We don't get him. He has a really rough year injuries again, shows up big though in the playoffs and then retires. So 
could we trade with the Pats in this draft? And could the Pats maybe want to move all the way up to eight and possibly get the next Gronk in TJ Hawkinson? Would, if I was the Lions GM, would I make that trade? Yes. Yeah. Would the, would the Pats even, is that even in your thought process at all? Or is that a no go? No, I mean, yeah, with the Pats, if they want it, I mean, those teams seem to do some wheeling and dealing simply because they know each other. You know, Bob Quinn is comfortable with them, but if the Pats were willing to do that, I mean, I'm not going to do it for like a song, you know, just out here, we'll give you our pick and, you know, some seventh rounder, please trade with us. I mean, it's got to still be worthwhile, but uh, if that's something the Pats are interested in doing, I would definitely listen. Because down at that position, you may be in position to get my boy Rock Yassine if the Oakland Raiders <laughs> haven't already taken him. <laughs> we, uh, <clears throat> no, we definitely be picking up, like, I think their second round pick is like in the 50s, the mid 50s. So you definitely be getting that. But I, I, I don't see this happening. I mean, I think a, a move up from 32 to 8 to get a tight end isn't something New England would do. Now, if the Lions are able to move back from 8 into the middle parts of the rounds, TJ Hawkinson is there. Uh, Pats can move up 10, 15 spots. We can move down and take a second and maybe a future pick from them that's in the mid-rounds. I think that would be something to consider. Um, I only think it can happen with a move down um, for lots of different reasons. So it's intriguing, but I think the Pats will probably, you know, when all is well, they'll either sit there and take maybe like a a Fant or an Irv Smith if if that's what they want to do, or they'll move out of the round. And I'm – I don't know. I don't know what the Lions are going to do, if they're going to pick or they're going to trade back, but I'm super excited to find out. And we're less than 30 days away, Grifka. You know that? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's getting exciting. Yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. So uh, last little discussion item before we get to these uh, unique rule changes and discuss those and have some fun. Came out, Grifka, that Snacks, he's looking for a little extension. He's looking for a little more money. He wants to stay in the D. Um, are you interested in this? Talk through the pros, the cons. Uh, if you're the GM, I mean, are you looking to extend snacks now? Or w- what's your thought process when you heard this this week? Yeah, this guy, once again, I'm going to pull my Derek right here. As long as the money's right, I mean, I mean, you're going to get what? You're not going to give him endemic and sue money or anything like that. But this is one guy, once again, once again if the money's right, and he's been productive anywhere he's went and I don't think this guy's on the downside of his career so I mean yeah if you want to you know up him for another you know three four years I mean that would be something definitely that would be worthwhile especially a guy that says he wants to stay here once again you know me pulling pulling uh what what I usually say is he just saying that to endear himself to the fans or does he actually want to stay here in Detroit because he likes the coach he likes the style of defense that that is run here so um that's something definitely if he's interested, that's just not, you know, speak to get more money. And then you, you kind of show up, you know, you know, take plays off here, you know, pull a, pull a Sean Rogers, you know, you get paid and then show up, you know, one out of every four plays. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, I, I would definitely be interested in doing that. But once again, you know, the length of it, the length of the contract and the money would have to be, uh, have to be right. All right. So this is where I got to crack on you, Grifka, because, uh, you know, I don't know if you've done your research or I wouldn't trust you as my GM, but um, I love snacks. Let's get that out of the way first. He's been incredible here. Um, you know, I love it that he loves it here and he wants to stay. I don't buy this as some kind of lip service or whatnot. I think that it's genuine, but 
when you do look at the full picture, Grifka, not, hey, Antonio Brown, we should get him. He's a good receiver. Um, Snacks is 32 years old. We have him for, I think, two more seasons at a really good number. I think it's six, seven million, then moves up to 10, 12 million, something like that. Um, I think, you know, I want to talk to him this offseason and see, but we're not giving him three, four more years. I mean, what do you want this guy at a DT at 36, 37 years old? I mean, tack another year at some good money or maybe two years if we can bring the number down that's what I would consider but I mean three four years you're getting yourself in trouble there in regards to age production and who knows what they're gonna do in this draft like they might bring in his predecessor so a young guy plus him for two more years would be perfect too so again I love the player I love his production but um, I'm pretty much set just to sit stay where he's at and maybe give him some more incentives or give him a little love on the back end for a one-year extension, but I wouldn't do much more than that. Okay. So, uh, sounds good, man. So, Grifka, we've done news and notes. We've talked about some items. There's just so much uh, going on leading up to this draft. We've talked about free agency. We've talked about the draft. I thought we'd take a little pause today because there's something that's frustrating me, Grifka, and I don't want to go on a mini rant here. But I feel like the NFL, anytime something goes wrong, they go into this mode. Like, you ever been in a fantasy league and, like, one little thing goes wrong and the commission is just like, oh, I'm going to change the rules all of a sudden <clears throat> because one instance didn't go their way or didn't go perfectly. Instead of looking at the big picture, not looking at overall what's best for all types of circumstances. Like, I think the NFL does this, man. They get heat from fans and media, and they're just like, oh, we'll, we'll look at that. And they, they make these odd changes, I think, at times. And, you know, we won't go into this one in depth uh, a ton, but, I mean, you saw just in the last day or so, they just decided all of a sudden, oh, hey, you can uh, challenge any PI, any pass interference, either called or uncalled. Like, I mean, I, I just think that's an odd you know, all of a sudden rule change as well as, you know, opening things up for, for one type of penalty. It just seems very short-sighted and odd to me. What do you think about that rule change before we get into our segment here? Um, I think you're just pretty much an open up in a can of worms is all you're doing. It's like anytime late in the game, if it's close, if a team needs to drive, you either tie or win the game, fourth and whatever, and they're obviously going to be passing the ball. You know, it's going to be like, there was a pass interference there. And it's kind of like, okay, we got to look at it. You know, and then it's, it could be like one of those things where it just kind of opens that can of worms. And, yeah, it could be ticky-tack, and we've seen plenty of ticky-tack. But then they're just going to do like they do with other things now, slow it down where it, where it looks worse in – you know, when it, in slow motion than it does in real time. Now, don't get me wrong, the clip they keep showing the New Orleans game was so blatant, but not pass interferences aren't that. You know, the, how many do we see? We're like, gosh, that was so weak. And, and yeah, technically it is, but that's like, let them play. I think you're just opening that can of worms right there, which is not a good thing. And, and my my thing with it is. Like, okay, so you opened it up for pass interference. Now, Grifka, I know you like to reference the archives and tell people to go back to listen to previous shows. Now, last week, I thought you listened to our previous shows, but I could tell maybe you're sleeping sometimes. But on a previous show, I broke down my thing, what I would do, and I, I would open it up for everything, but I would only open it up with a challenge flag. You only get two per game. I guess three if you win both, maybe, but that's it. And none of this, like, last two minutes will review every pass interference or every, um, you know, I, I guess I don't know all the details about this new rule, but 
If you're opening it up for anything under two minutes, it's automatically reviewable. I hate that. If you're opening it up for, like you said, late in the game, fourth, we're going to throw a Hail Mary and we'll just we'll just throw a challenge fight because maybe there was something you can see in slow-mo. I hate that. So lots of things to hate about it. I mean, and then my biggest beef is like, okay, what if it's not pass interference? What if it's a um, some other type of penalty? I know they review all turnovers, but... I think they, if you're going to do this radical change, it had to be for more things than just pass interference. Cause we know as Lions fans, we've been beat by, you know, remember the game, the Texans game, is he down or not down? And because they didn't blow the whistle, like it couldn't be reviewed. Like what about that? That happens in the last four minutes of a football game. And that's still unreviewable, right? Just because they didn't, they didn't blow the whistle or, or they did blow the whistle. I mean, uh, the Calvin catch that wouldn't come back. Right. Because it's, it's not a pass interference. It's just a missed call on a drop ball. So I don't know, lots of issues with it. You feel me? Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that I guess when the squeak wheel got the grease, I mean, lines get jobbed in Dallas in a playoff game and all they get is a letter and Dean Blandino saying, no, I really love Detroit and, you know, made right potato chips and fago pop. But, you know, New Orleans gets it. just going to win to the Super Bowl. Your job does. Okay, we'll change the rule for you. Whatever. Uh, oh, man. Uh, good stuff. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But what we want to talk about here to kind of end the show, Grifka, is um, a guy, I mean, he followed us right when we started this show. He gave us a great review on iTunes, I believe. He's been, uh, you know, chatting it up, lions with me on Twitter and other avenues. Paul Jackson, man, at... Paul M J wait, let me get that right at Paul M Jackson nine on Twitter. Um, this guy's a great lions fan. I told him I'd shout him out on the show. I was chatting with him. I said, Hey man, send us uh, some things for the show. And he sent me 14 um, kind of rule changes or thoughts that uh, since the NFL was tweaking everything, he thought he'd throw these out. How about we sort of rapid fire these Grifka? I'll read them off sort of. We'll give our quick takes and keep keep these moving. I think these are pretty interesting and 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 things to think about. Yeah, let's uh these uh, I've been glancing at these. These seem kind of interesting. All right, so real quick for dive into them again. Paul Jackson, really appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh if anybody wants to reach out or follow him on Twitter at Paul M jackson nine so grifka this first one he put add a second bye week and have the teams playing on thursday always come off a bye both for player safety and just to make that schedule a little better what do you think about that one i I don't like it two bye weeks is a is a lot i know younger when i was younger they had that and it just seemed there's points in the in the schedule where it was really not entertaining games because it just, it just kind of worked out that way, but uh, I'm not in favor of two bye weeks. All right. Well, Hey Paul, uh, you might get, this might become a trend, but uh, you know, Griff is always a little negative on stuff and I always bang on him. I, I don't mind this. I mean, I think that, you know, they're talking about always maybe extending the year, adding some games. I don't know what adding a second bye week would do um, negative other than maybe get some of your players more healthy, let the players mentally feel better because they're getting a second bye week. And, uh, you know, people are going to watch football regardless. They're they still going to be before. what? They did that before and fans didn't like it. That's why they got rid of it. Yeah, but we're here in 2019, Grifco, where they might add games or where they might uh, – it's more physical uh, in some ways on, on the body. So you're throwing the players a bone by giving them a second bye week, um, I would think. Like in the 50s, man. This was like in the 90s when this happened. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's a different ball game, and uh, you're coming up to the bargaining thing. So this could be something, hey, a second bye week, let you get yourself together. And teams, I think, would like it. Let them resort a couple different times if you spread it out correctly. But I, I could see where there'd be troubles, but I don't mind it. Let's keep it moving. The second one, it says, at a 17th interconference rivalry game, the two teams – uh, can have the option of having it on a neutral site field, i.e. the Lions versus Browns at the big house, um, you know, or uh, some of these other games at, at different stadiums where you're kind of taking, you know, where we used to play the Buccaneers a lot, you know, or, or maybe playing the Jaguars down in a different type of stadium. Um, I'll give my quick take on it. I mean, I, I don't mind switching up the schedule where you create some other rivalries, but, I know NFL cities aren't going to want to give away a game, even if you're moving it to the big house, like Ford Field's never going to go for that. I kind of like the overall concept of having a huge mega game at maybe a different stadium once or twice a year. That's kind of what they do by going over to, uh, you know, do the Euro games. But I don't think you can get away with moving games out of NFL stadiums here uh, throughout the year. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. And the biggest thing is also, I think they tried that before at one point, like Green Bay was going to play a game at University of Wisconsin and Madison, and you can't have beer on the campus. So right. that was one of those hurdles that like the NFL and the team was trying to get over and they ultimately decided not to do it. And they just ended up playing like the game in Milwaukee or something like that. Someone was going on the stadium. And that's why they were going to do that. So, I mean, that's that's kind of one thing also that could be a hang-up. And like you said, I can't see some stadiums. I know Jacksonville's all for it. They love playing that game over in London. They play over in London one game every year. But um, right. I, I have I, I can't see the Cowboys, you know, Jerry World, saying, hey, yeah, we'll give up one of our games to go play at, uh, you know, College Station or Austin or something like that. So um, yeah. it, it's, it's nice in concept, but uh, I don't think it would fly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so this next one, this next one, I love Griff. I absolutely love it. Reduce the preseason from four games to two um, and also expand the rosters from 53 up to 55 and active game day players from 46 all the way up to 50. I mean, I think he nails it on all three of these. Get rid of those junk preseason games, expand these rosters so that we can have more developmental players, more room for injury. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that as well. I mean, that would be a great thing. I don't know if you'd have to start training camp a little later as opposed to like it was at the beginning of August, if you're going to start it like middle of August so you only have a couple games, but I'm with him on this. I love this idea. Absolutely. Uh, This next one, since the rivalry game can make schedules unbalanced, add a seventh playoff team to each conference. Only the number one seeds get buys. Um, what do you think of that, Grifka? I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, I could be all for it, but I know people always cry that it cheapens the regular season more. We don't want to like the NBA where all these teams make it. You know, is that seventh team really going to be have a chance? But uh, I, I think with the parity in the NFL, adding a seventh team, wouldn't it, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Yeah. Hey, uh, Paul Jackson, I know I said I'd shout you out, but I also give Grifka beef, so I got to give you some on this one. Inside this question, you're already assuming that we went along with your rivalry game, which me and Grifka both ixnade. So sorry, bro. But I do like the seventh playoff team. Uh, you know, anytime you can get more people in the dance, I always would like to consider that as long as you're not watering it down. The number one seeds getting the bye where other division winners having to play. 
um, you know, and other playoff teams having to play and not so many just, you know, bye weeks, hey, one or two games and you're in the Super Bowl. I'm for that. So had to bang on you a little bit, but I do overall like it. Next thing he wrote is the, oh, I like this one too. Division champs guarantees you a playoff berth, but not a home game. Ooh, I, I like that one. Yeah, I like that as well. And I know they're always like, well, if you win your division, you should you you should uh, have the home game. But sometimes you play in a weak division. Um, you should I mean, sorry if you're eight and eight, you shouldn't be hosting a playoff game. Because if you're eight and eight, you wouldn't be a what, Grishka? Any good? You wouldn't be that great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I. I don't know the lions. Like we've been begging, just saying, just win the division so we can get a home playoff game at Ford field. But, um, you know, I think like you said, you know, if they, the best team should get those home playoff games and other teams, even if they win their division have to go on the road, I don't think it'd be a huge deal. Um, the next one he has is he wants only kickoffs to start the game and the second half. Otherwise put the ball in the 20, um, after another team scores a touchdown and the 30, if they make a field goal, he says this would encourage more going for it on fourth downs and other stuff like that. That's a multi-layered one. Uh, how does that strike you right off the get-go? I kind of like that idea of starting at the 30 after a field goal. You're right. I mean, it, it would do that. And you've mentioned it before. It's like they, it seems like there's so many more touchbacks than anything, and there seems to be a lot of uh, – a lot of that uh, special teams are, are leaving the game, and you know, especially with them talking about that. But I really like that idea. If you get uh, if you get uh, a field goal starting at thirty, that's kind of cool. Yeah, man. I think we got to get this Paul Jackson working for the XFL and Vince McMahon, or wait, hold on, the XFL, <laughs> um, or something. Because I mean, some of these really have some merit. I, I do like it. I don't want to totally turn the NFL upside down because it's a great game, and I, I don't like too many gimmicks except the Griffith catchphrases. But <laughs> I do like some of these not being gimmicks, but just being nice little tweaks. I mean, they want to do player safety, so he's putting the ball down most of the time, and then he's still having two kickoffs if you do have a great returner or um so that's not totally taken out of the game so i like where he's heading there let's uh let's read the last few of these here so we've got uh he wants a ref in the booth similar to the aaf for egregious missed calls i mean first of all grifka we've never had any of those with the lions right no. and secondly like don't you think a ref in the booth would just fix everything yeah i think it's kind of like the same thing the, the egregious missed call i mean i don't know i'm not for that i mean i no, I, I I don't like that one. Now, what I – so I like – I haven't watched much AAF, to be honest. Like, they kind of lost me. It just didn't seem like great football, and I just haven't been watching too much. There's some good things, but I haven't been watching. But what I did see is they do have this ref in the booth that, you know – is seeing what the fans see. And somebody brought that up at the owner's meeting saying like, there's something different about seeing what we see versus these refs being, you know, um, getting kind of a different viewpoint, like, uh, and whatnot. So I think somebody up in the booth could be handy, but what's an egregious call? What's not? I mean, I think there's always going to be human error and, and issues there, no matter how you cut it. So, Paul, I don't mind it. Griff, of course, hates it. You know, I, I'll give him a bell just for that. But uh, I think it's another one that they, they'll probably move to is maybe some type of ref review up in the up top as well as on the field and in New York. So we'll see, we'll see what they do. Um, no more automatic first downs on defensive penalties. 
specifically defensive holding. Oh my, like, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to go through all these. That's another one I'm interested in because, you know, man, when it helps your team, it's great. But, uh, some of these little tic-tac holdings that are getting people first downs on four, third and fifteens, third and twenties, I mean, is real frustrating. Uh, so I like the thought process. Um, you know, I don't know how it impacts everything else, but I think the refs just need to let these guys play a little bit more and not give away first downs on somebody breathing on somebody. Uh, any thoughts, Griffin, why you keep this moving? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, if it's – yeah, if it's – uh, ends up being a first down because it's like third and four and it's five yard penalty. Fine, I can live with that. But you're right; those like third and eighteens and like, oh, the slot guy was coming out of his break in the slot corner and you know touched him, so they called it and he gets a first down. That's uh, I'm with you on that. I think that's that's more egregious than missing some calls right there. Yeah. So you basically agree with me twice. Exactly. Um, the only thing you counter is like, well, then they'll just hold every long play. And no, I don't think so. I don't think they would do that. So um, he's got here max 25 yards for defensive pass interference and half the distance for pass interference uh, in the end zone. So, um, again, another one I sort of like because these 50-yard these bombs, you're getting 50 free yards on some of these cheap calls. The college rule is, what, 15 or – or something like that. He's he's kind of going over that, which I like, giving him 25 yards uh, um, max, you know, not on any play. But if it's a 40-yard bomb, 25 yards would be on a pass interference. And then he's given half the distance if you're throwing one deep in, uh, deep into the end zone, you know, from over the 50 would get you more than 25. So I don't mind that at all. Yeah, that one, uh, I like that one as well. I mean, you're right, some of those uh... – long bombs where it's kind of another ticky-tack thing because, yeah, I like this one as well, the 25. It's a good thought process. I'm all for this one. Yeah. Man, this is, uh, we're agreeing with Paul here, and I think he's onto something, but, man, we can't change every rule. But these are interesting. So only a couple more here. This one we should be quick on. Change a 10-second uh, runoff to only five seconds. I mean, my quick opinion, this – barely ever happens it doesn't really impact oh except for when the lions lose to atlanta which i'm still pissed about um you know i don't know this impacts much so i'd probably just i'd get rid of this whole you know runoff other than what it was actually meant for in the first place yeah i see why i see why the nfl implemented it but i would be for the same thing um 10 seconds to five seconds we all seen hurry up offenses where they get plays off in like three four seconds and yeah. uh they must be just going the NFL. I think just took the average of like ten seconds or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with him on that as well. Yeah, exactly. He's got here no rehuddling or substituting after dead ball fouls. Ref respots the ball and blows the whistle, so play starts quickly. Speed up the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. That's one of those things. Like let your quarterback audible. If, like, you think the defense did it or whatever so they could get uh, advantage of seeing what you're lined up as, fine. Have your quarterback smart enough to call another play as opposed to looking at the sideline, gawking at the coaches because, you know, that's all they've been trained since, you know, high school and college. It's like, have the coach make every call. Whatever. Have your quarterback learn how to call a play once in a while. <laughs> all right. That's a bell for a Grifka whatever. And, like, a shout-out again to at Paul M. Jackson 9. You see what happens when you send uh, questions or cool stuff to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast? You got tons of shout-outs. We read all your stuff. And I even gave him a Grifka Bell. Like, you agreed with him 
but I gave like a bell to you from him. So you see how that's transferring now, Grifka? Like Paul Jackson is belling you <laughs> in certain ways. So I, this is turning out great. Um, he has here add Friday after Thanksgiving games. Uh, everyone is off work and there's no college football. So he wants like after the Lions and Cowboys to have maybe NFL football on Friday. Uh, I kind of think, you know, keep that tradition and just uh, give us a couple days to get out of the turkey uh, food coma and catch football again on Sundays. Yeah, there's uh, college football on Fridays. There's a lot of games on Fridays. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Just Thanksgiving and then Sunday's good. Yeah. Uh, he has here, since most high school's uh, playoff games are played on Saturdays, not Friday nights, have a Friday night doubleheader uh, when high school playoffs start. So like a Friday night NFL double dip. Um, it, I just, I don't know how long that would, if they were to do that, how it would feel almost, you know, it's just like, the, it just always seems like certain days are meant for certain times and, you know, types of football, Fridays, high school, Saturdays, college, and, uh, Sunday's pro. And I realize when the college football season ends before the bowl games, the pros do take over the last couple of Saturdays of, of, of the season. So, uh, um, no, I wouldn't like this one. Yeah. Rarity on the show. I agree with Grifka. I think it's Friday high school, like you said, it's college and pro. Um, and it's really hard to divvy up the NFL even more than it already is just because of these guys got to recover and all that type of stuff. So last one, big ending here. Let's see if he's got a good one. It says teams. Oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> just what I'm seeing here. Teams could trade salary cap space for draft for a draft pick or picks. Let me see. For he says, for example, the Colts uh, can't figure out what to do with a hundred million in cap space, and instead of wasting it by signing a bunch of mid-level people, <laughs> I, I guess he's saying like buy draft picks, uh, and other people could sell picks for money. Uh, oh my! You know that's right up my alley, Grifko. Wheeling and dealing, <laughs> draft salary cap. I mean. I started to read it and think this guy's crazy, and then part of me is like, "Oh man, if you could buy some draft picks, I might be all about it." Wow, that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> I li- I like that. <laughs> How amazing would that be? <laughs> what do you think our number left on the cap? Okay, we're gonna buy the first four picks of the draft with. That. <laughs> I was gonna say, what would our number eight be worth? Let's put the auction off now. Let's put it on eBay or something and oh, see what we can get for how it. How sweet would that be? That, that would be <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh man it adds a whole new element too to like managing your cap because like yeah you can have your cap full in players but if a team has a ton of money they start like wielding power with money by buying picks uh and then like monopolizing the draft i mean you would think like oh we don't want that it needs to be even but it would still sort of be even because everybody else would have their players and spent money and this team didn't spend money and so they bought it you know it's almost like on an mlb team like sent sells a guy for for cash right it'd be the same concept only in football it's crazy grifka hello nothing so here i just i i I had i had nothing on top of that so yeah i mean (laughs) all right well uh Paul, uh, we just want to say thank you, man. It was fun to run through. I've read a couple of those, but I didn't like go through them all. It was fun to do it on the show. So like you say, um, you know, normally we want to get in a few questions and different things, have some fun, but rumbling through all 14 of those was interesting. And um, I think you got some good ideas, some things that are, 
you know, interesting concepts, some things that maybe could work in the future and some things that just uh, won't work conceptually or the NFL wouldn't go for, but uh, appreciate it, man. That was awesome. So Grifka, we've talked about a lot today. Another good show, man. Talking lines, talking all types of stuff. I had to bell you quite a bunch, uh, but like I say, you had some good takes as well. The big thing everybody wants to know, Grifka, this is what I get on Twitter. This is what I get all day, every day. Grifka, you got anything else for the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? Uh, nope. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, keep uh, showing us that love on Twitter. Um, we'd love some more reviews on iTunes. Takes, uh, you know, less than a minute. Just jump on there. Hopefully give us a five star. Give us some feedback. We'd love that. And the biggest thing is just sharing this with a friend or telling a Lions fan, hey, you might want to check out these two guys. They're just two Lions fans talking football. Um, pretty, pretty good stuff. So we really appreciate all the support and love. And uh, we'll be right back here on Friday morning for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast talking all things Detroit Lions. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.